What is a dojo? A dojo is a place we come to work. It's one thing to get a bunch of information and put it in our heads, and it's a totally different thing to apply the information. You know, most people will spend their entire lives accumulating information and never take the steps that they need necessary in order to actually change their lives for the better and make their lives better. But that's not you. If you're here today, whether you're catching it now or catching it on the replay, one thing I know for sure is that you are very interested in doing what you need to do to take your life to the next level. So I'm so glad you're here. Today's conversation is about boundaries for the special people that need them who are dealing with addicts, alcoholics, or otherwise narcissistic, toxic, dysfunctional people as a mouthful. Sometimes you might be thinking this boundary stuff is great, but people do not understand who and what I'm dealing with here. So your normal boundary little stuff is not going to work with my person because my person just doesn't seem to get it. And you keep banging your head against the wall over and over again, trying to set a boundary and they keep crossing them. It's like the old joke, you know, why did the narcissist cross the road? Because they thought it was a boundary. You know, you said it, they cross it, you said it, they cross it. So you want to know, hey, Heidi, what's the magic formula so that I can learn how to do this and it'll actually work this time? I'm so glad you're here because that's what we're going to talk about today. Why do you need them? How to set them? I'm even going to give you the language to use around the boundary that was asked for when I introduced this topic of the week. So I'm super excited to give you that and teach you the number one ninja success secret that's going to catapult your boundaries to the next level. If you're new here, welcome home. I'm Heidi. I'm so glad you're here. I'm glad you found me. This is a big place uh, to be found. I believe in divine appointment, divine design. If you're here, that must mean something very important that you need to be here. You're at the right place at the right time. And we deal with all things codependence, dysfunction, and toxic relationship recovery. And we specialize in addiction in the family. But you don't have to be dealing with addiction to understand toxicity and dysfunction. It can be any kind of flavor. And we we deal in all flavors here. We're like Baskin Robbins. We've got 31 flavors of cuckoo crazy, and we know how to deal with each and every one of them. So I've dedicated my life to dysfunction so that I can come help you. Isn't that good news? I don't, I stopped dealing in it in my own life so that I can help you deal with yours. Uh, as, as like a ninja expert, you know, I, I heard this saying one day, like you don't, you either want a, a travel agent or a tour guide. And a travel agent can book your plate, your journey, but a tour guide is going to take you on it. And I'm a tour guide. I'm a Sherpa. I'm going to take you through the valley and get you to the other side. Now on Wednesday nights, Wednesdays I go live and Wednesday nights is my private group where we come and actually see your face. And that is called Life School. And every Wednesday night we meet in a semi-private group coaching experience. And tonight happens to be the topic, Speak Your Truth. And boundaries is a part of that. So we'll be deep diving into that tonight in our private space. Now, if you're interested in going deeper with me at any point and you want to find out about Life School, which is where we put all of our courses and programs in one big place and we meet as a family uh, over Zoom so that we can all see each other and connect, go over to lovecoachheidi.com and check that program out because I do believe that it'll take you to the next level. I know how much these videos are helping you. I love your feedback. Thank you for your feedback and your comments. They mean the world to me because I'm here to help you. 
I'm put on this planet to deal in this space to help you. I know I'm perfectly clear that I've turned my pain into purpose and I know what I'm here to do and I'm glad it's helping, but I'd like to help you even deeper. I'd like to really come alongside of you in a much deeper way. I always long to do that so you can count on me to remind you of that opportunity every single time we meet together. All right. So let's dive into our boundary topic. Here we go. Why is this such an important conversation to have? Well, because you're tired, you're exhausted, you feel overwhelmed, you feel completely abused or used or neglected or forgotten or run over or bulldozed, any number of things. And I'm going to tell you, life is too long to feel that way on a continual basis. It's like every day you stand up and try to like assert the boundary again or, or give your bottom line. And again, they keep crossing them. So why this is so important is because you deserve to have peace. You deserve to have love and you deserve to have calm. And, and some of us are kind of used to dealing that chaos. We don't know what to do with ourselves when it gets too calm. And that's a, that's another problem. That's another, that's a higher quality problem that we have when we get into codependency and toxic relationship recovery. But for right now, it can really hijack you. You know, this feeling of being manipulated, this feeling of being taken advantage of or used or violated can really be excruciating. You know, even when you know you're being violated and you're crossing your own boundaries. And I just had this discussion with one of my private clients recently where it's like, man, he knew that he had set this boundary and it was crossed. And there's this feeling of like self-betrayal. Once you're aware that your boundaries are continually being crossed and you you kind of set them, but you didn't hold them, that's a whole nother kind of special help of that self-betrayal feeling. And then our self-esteem starts to take a toll, you know, and we just continue. It's like when people violate your boundaries, what do you lose is yourself. You lose your ability to stick up for yourself and, and have the confidence in yourself that you, you forget that you actually do deserve better at some point. You get so used to people um, taking advantage of you or doing the wrong thing when you're doing the right thing that you just think, well, this just must be the way it is with everybody. But I assure you that it's not, it's not that way with everybody. And you certainly can have the relationships that you deserve. So who, who do you need to set boundaries with? You know, when I introduce this topic, um, I want you to know boundaries can be in a person, a place or a thing. And it's kind of like when we start boundaries, we start learning about boundaries, we're an apprentice, we're, we're a beginner. You know, we come to the dojo and we learn the ways of the, the Jedis and we're a beginner. And the boundaries at first are like people. Okay. Oh my God, my mom, I have a toxic mother. I have a, a, a controlling partner. I have a boss that's volatile. I have a child that's addicted. I have, you know, these, these people and it's very clear, okay, this is where we're going to work on. But when you get into apprenticeship in your boundaries and you start really like diving deeper into them, you see, I also need to set them with places in my life maybe my place of employment and my home, or maybe my social life and my church, or, you know, these other areas start to show up. And then when you get into mastery, you realize you need to set boundaries with things as well. And some of those things are the self-medicating tools that we use to cope with the feelings that we're getting when somebody's continually violating and crossing our boundaries. So the cycle that you can be in is like, man, I know I deserve better, but, you know, I want to win their love and approval. So I'm just going to do what I need to do. And I'm going to tell them, I'm going to try to 
they should know better. They should know that they're crossing my boundary. And you, you try that first, you know, hope holding hope. And even when you try that route and you feel overwhelmed and abused, but certainly after you tell somebody about your boundary and you get downright crossed, you, you feel even worse, but you you're doing something to take care of those feelings. And likely if you've been feeling overwhelmed for a long time, and, uh, you know, hurt for a long time and walked over, likely there is a self-medicating element going on for you to numb that pain away. And you could have found that you're compounding the problem. Now you're shopping a little bit too much online. You're taking a little more of your anxiety stuff, or you're taking it period when you know you shouldn't, or you're drinking and medicating with wine. So if you're in that scenario in any way, shape or form, you are definitely in the right place today. So I just want to let you know, should you watch this? If you identified with any of that stuff, yes. If not, you don't identify with this and you're just here hanging out. Cool. That's cool too. But will you share this with somebody who needs it? Because again, it's my mission to help as many people as possible. You know, the reason that I'm so passionate about boundaries is because when I was a little girl growing up, um, I didn't know that you could have them. You know, people were constantly in my life crossing my boundaries, crossing my physical boundaries with hurting me violently. I suffered tremendous physical abuse, emotional abuse, mental abuse, psychological abuse. And I felt like a strong, powerful little girl when I came into the world, but continually the power continued to get sucked from me. And I would assert myself and speak up and say, that's not right. And then I'd get beat down because of it. I get smacked or slapped or pushed or banged into the wall or verbally assaulted. Who the hell do you think you are? And I thought deep down, there must be, I must be able to have some kind of agency over my life. I must be able to have some kind of say. I remember just locking myself in my room and thinking, man, one day I'm going to get free of this control and I'm going to be the person that I'm really destined to be. But because I hadn't healed that stuff from before, I found that I was in relationships where the same thing kept happening. Either I was crossing my own boundaries, violating myself, hurting. I was the one that picked up where other people left off, or I was getting into relationships with people that were manipulative, abusive, cheating, rejecting me, and my boundaries are being crossed that way. So I had to do the work. I had to do the work to first figure out what are my boundaries. I remember my come to Jesus moment. As uh, you know, I was the type of person, though, even though I was struggling, like a lot of people, we can look pretty good because we're strong. You're strong. You've been through a lot, just like I have. I know that's why you're attracted to my videos. You're a survivor and an overcomer. So you're strong. I prided myself on being really strong and putting up with a lot of shit, right? I'd be like, oh, I can get through anything. I'm like a cockroach, man. I just, you can't kill me. I just keep getting up. And it's like, I loved quotes like that, you know, Hey, it's not how many times you get knocked down, man. It's how many times you get back up. But I'll tell you what, at one point in my life, I looked around my life and it wasn't working. And I said, what if life wasn't about getting knocked down and how many times you could get up? What if it was about how to not get the fuck knocked down? What if I didn't have to keep taking the blows? What if it wasn't true that I needed to feel like I was constantly climbing Mount Everest every day of my life and overcoming things? What if I actually could have a smooth sail within reason? What if life didn't have to be so hard? And that's when I started to ask myself two questions. What am I no longer willing to settle for? And what do I really want? And I have to tell you, in that moment of my life, is when my life completely changed. And, and as a result of that, I was able to create 
the life that I really wanted, you know, to create the business, the mission, the purpose, the family, you know, all the dynamics I'd long for. And so you'll find that when you can master this one area of your life too, there are other areas as well. But I have to say that this area is probably the one that's going to make the biggest impact in your life, the quickest in your life. And it's the thing that's like the savior, you know, especially if you're a person that is a nice, I know you're a nice person. That's why you're attracted, right? Right. Because you're like attracts, like you're a good egg. You're a straight shooter. You, you love um, authenticity. You know, you crave that from people. You're a good egg. You're there for people. People can count on you. But what you find is you're not being treated equally. It's not reciprocated. You're in relationships that are totally unbalanced. They are not mutually beneficial. You're overgiving, you're overdelivering, you're overextending, and they're constantly taking from you. They mistake your kindness for weakness. So you get to a certain point in your life, probably, where people take and take and take, and then you will blow up and explode, and you'll unleash on them and be like, and I put up with this with you and that from you. And they're like, whoa, where did that come from? And you're like, it's inside. I just keep it all in, you know? So you can feel like a ticking time bomb sometimes. So how bad does it have to get for you to set a boundary? Well, if you're, if you're here, I know you have to let it get so bad. Once you become an apprentice and you start learning about boundaries even more in detail, you'll find that you set boundaries early on and you don't have to wait for it to get so bad that you're literally ready to blow up. All right. So here's what I'm here to help. And that we can all be guilty of that. We can like turn a blind eye and try to pretend everything's fine and just like, you know, keep trying our best and trying our best. And that's maybe where you're at. You've tried your best and tried your best. And now you realize something's got to change and something's got to give. Okay. So why is this so hard for most people to actually do the damn thing? If we're really honest, and I want you to start thinking about this as we move to this uh, little mini training today, I want you to have a notebook out. I hope you do to take some really good notes because when I come on these Wednesday dojo appointments with you, I want you to understand that I'm here to deliver tremendous value to you. I want you to get up from this conversation today, whether you're watching the replay or catching it now, with some actionable things you can do today in your life. I want to give you the real real, okay? I want you to walk away with value that you can apply in your life right now to start to transform things. And I'm going to do that. Okay. So the first thing I want you to think about when you're writing in that, on that journal today is what are you afraid of with setting the boundary? If you're really honest with yourself, what's your biggest fear with this person? Now, if it's an addict or an alcoholic that you're dealing with, and not everybody is, but some of my clients and students are, your biggest fear likely is along the lines of if I don't keep giving to them or taking them in or letting them cross my boundary or get rescuing them or saving them or helping them, that they'll die. Now, it doesn't get much more dire than that. A lot of us who are really having trouble with boundaries in the real way, okay, not just like playing around, but like the real deal, you're worried that if you set a boundary, you're going to make somebody use drugs. You're going to make somebody drink. You're going to make somebody relapse. You're going to make somebody um, get out of recovery. These are the real things I deal with in my programs. Every And tonight, it'll be a conversation I have inside of my group, I guarantee, in my private group. Well, if I set that boundary, will I make them drink? Will I make them relapse? You know, um, Do you have that much control and power? 
do you have that level of influence? If it's with a narcissistic person, we can be afraid, especially if it's a parent or a partner, that they'll take their love away, their approval and their rejection. But you don't really, do you really have it anyway? You know, but so I want you to start to think about what your fear is. What is the fear? Because if you don't identify that root fear, then you're going to go get all the verbiage around it, but you're really not going to follow through anyway. And that's why we have the biggest struggle following through is because we don't address that underlying, those underlying fears. Well, if I set a boundary and they go away, I won't have anybody else or it's my child. I can't do that. Or a mother's not supposed to, or the, you know, the ideas about who, what good daughters do, what good sons do, what good wives do, good husbands, good helpmates, good partners. You know, we have all these expectations on us that prevent us from setting the boundary. I just want to do a side note. I know I'm coming out like a fire hose of information. I'm like, boundaries. And you're like, this is a lot. <laughs> I know it is. So let's slow down a little bit and know one thing. This is an introduction here to boundaries. If you really want to work at this, you can always come inside of the program and take the time with me over the, the, the beginning 12 weeks to learn about the boundaries and start to articulate and get your questions answered. Um, if you're a do-it-yourselfer, then take good notes and watch this again later and come back, okay? <laughs> All right, so what's the first step when you set a boundary? besides identifying your fear around it. The very first step is to do with that I did with that come to Jesus moment where you actually say, what is it that I am no longer willing to settle for, A, and B, what do I really, really want? So I want you to think about that in your life. You know, right now, who is the person you need to set the boundary with? Get that person in your mind right now, close your eyes, picture them crossing your boundary, saying that damn thing they say, doing that damn thing they do, hurting you the way, scaring the shit out of you, whatever it is they're doing. Take a deep breath and say, okay, that's the person. Now, what am I no longer willing to tolerate? What feelings or what behaviors and what do I want to experience instead? So for some of us, it's going to be my bottom line is I want a sober home. My bottom line is I don't want any kind of verbal abuse. My bottom line is I don't want to be taken advantage of monetarily. Or I won't be giving any more money away. Every, every one of you are going to have a different, you're going to have a different boundary than anybody else. You know, yours is going to be unique to you and you might have several. You're like, just one, just one boundary. No, many boundaries. I want you to make a wild list of all of your heart's desires and, and what you don't want so that you have it in front of you because that's your North star. And these are the things that you're going to commit to yourself that are just not an option for you anymore. Um, it's not an option for me to have alcohol in my home anymore. It's not an option for me to give you money anymore. It's not an option for me to be spoken to that way anymore. It's not an option for me to work on the weekends and be called in when other people are doing their work anymore. It's not an option for me to pick up my friends and their friends and this friend. It's not an option for me anymore. So what are those things for you? It's not an option for me to have sex when I don't want to have sex anymore. It's not an option for me to pretend I'm happy when I'm not. It's not an option for me to allow you to manipulate my feelings. It's not an option for me for you to tell me how I should think and feel anymore. It's not an option for me to settle in this way. What is it? You've got to know. And if you're not clear, take your time. You can't go into a boundary without that level of clarity. If I'm confused about what I want, so will they be. 
if I don't have absolute clarity, you need to make it so crystal clear that, that, a, that, that now forgive me, a blind man could see it with a cane. You need to make it that clear, okay? That we can all see it, all right? And our, we can see it clearly. The next thing is you need to know the formula, all right? And there's some things you need to know before you know the formula. And I'm giving away all the good stuff today. I'm giving away all the good stuff. By the way, I know that's not where the problem is. The problem isn't in the information. There are thousands of videos on YouTube and everywhere on the planet that says, here's how to set a boundary. Step one. They even have like fancy little characters with little pointers. Step one. And they make it like super entertaining, like first grade. <laughs> you know, I people don't, you know, aren't, it, there's not an information scarcity. There's an application scarcity. There's an implementation scarcity. And a lot of the times that implementation scarcity comes from not having the support you need in order to have someone come alongside of you and help you do the damn thing. It's real. The fear is real. The, this, the, the, the thoughts about, well, you don't really understand my unique situation. That's real. You know, all these things that are preventing us. So a so couple of things you need to know. You cannot under any way, shape or form have any control and manage somebody else's feelings about their your boundary and set a boundary at the same time. They are mutually exclusive things. I, if I'm going to set a boundary with you, I have to make a conscious decision to detach from your feelings about that boundary. I can't worry about how you're going to react to it. I can't, if I'm worrying about how you're going to react to it, guess what I'm already doing? I'm already kind of like, bending my boundary to, to make sure I can get the outcome for you that you're not going to be upset. I'm already trying to manage your feelings around it. I can't do that. Guess how they're going to feel about your boundary? Pissed, pissed, hurt, mad, especially if they're like narcissistic or addicted. They're going to be like, you set a boundary. You're like, you just changed the game of the rules. Like you're playing a game of sorry. And you just sent them back to home. And they're like, no, they flipped the board. I'm like, I'm not playing with you anymore. You know, they're going to get angry because the only reason, especially a narcissistic person, the only reason that type of person actually wants to be in a relationship with you is because you play by their rules. You let them win and you walk on the eggshells and do the damn thing and they manipulate you like a puppet and they get, they like that. So the minute that you're going to change the rules is the minute that they go, oh, hell no. So when you set a boundary with somebody like that, you should absolutely 110% expect them to be pissed royally. Anything else, a healthy person, you can expect them to go, well, that kind of sucks, but okay. You know, they're going to have some kind of opinions about it, but I guarantee you that they're going to say, all right, that's, they're healthy. They're, what else? If they fight you, that's a really good indicator. You need to set that boundary. If they're like, well, wait a minute. If they try to manipulate, you're like, okay, this needed to happen. So you can't take care of their feelings. They're going to be, and you can say to them, now I know I'm going to set a boundary. You're going to feel some type of way, some type of way. And you need to go take care of yourself. And I'm not the person to make you feel better about the boundary I'm setting with you. And then when, here's the magic formula. Be short, concise, concrete, to the point. Don't justify. Don't rationalize. Don't go into the big story of why this is a boundary. And last year at Christmas and they fell into the Christmas tree and they drank and everybody was a nightmare and they scared the shit out of the family. Don't go into all that of when you're setting a boundary about this Christmas. You stay in the present moment. And you keep it short and sweet and concise and to the point. When you drink in this house, I feel anxious, upset, and disrespected. I want a sober home. If you drink in this house, you will be leaving this house. On your accord or off your accord. 
you'll participate in your exit or you'll be exited. Okay. That's it. There is no, so sorry, you know, the family just can't handle it. And, and, you know, when we see you drunk, we all get none. There's none of that. It's, this is what's going to happen. You also set a boundary in peacetime and not in war. You don't wait for the cocktail to come out before you say, you know, I don't want you to drink on Christmas. You say to somebody, hey, I want to have a family talk about the holidays. Um, here are the family rules of the holidays. There will be no alcohol in this house at all. You know, whatever it is, verbal abuse, verbal beratement, verbal whatever. When you speak to me that way, I feel completely violated, abused, and disrespected. If you continue to speak to me that way, I'm exiting this conversation and completely removing myself from dealing with you at all. Period. We don't want to do that because we're like, well, wait a minute. You mean I have to like not deal with that person? I just, I don't, I want to deal with them. I just want them to stop doing that. That's like saying I want a dog not to bark. That that's like saying I want a chicken not to cluck. I I <laughs> I want a toxic person without the abuse. Um, I want an alcoholic without the abuse. I I want an addict without the abuse. That none of that is possible. It's not possible. So the quicker we can come to understand that perhaps and potentially what you're asking for from this person as a boundary is really just a, 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 an empty wish that's just never going to come true. So you have to ask yourself, who am I asking this from? And there comes a certain point where we have to say, if they continually violate a boundary over and over again, it is a good indicator to you that they are not able to do the thing that you're asking them to do. And it's up to you to say, now what? And that's where the boundary magic happens. So it is when you fill in the blank, I feel what? I want, what do you want instead? If you, or when you fill in the blank, I will fill in the blank. And that is your action statement. And we don't want to ever say something we're not prepared to do. If you keep acting a fool, I swear to God, I'll turn this car around right now. I swear to God, we will leave Disney. I know you waited to see two years to see Mickey Mouse. I'm telling you right now, I will turn this goddamn car around and you will wish for Mickey in your dreams. Nighty night. You know, no one, are you leaving Disney? No, you're not leaving Disney. You waited a whole two years to go to Disney too. You have to say something you're willing to do. If you do not leave on your own in this house and you're under the influence and you're scaring us, I will call the police and ask you to leave. And you have to be willing to do that. When you set the boundary with somebody, I'm not giving you any more money again. And they're in your face and they're saying to you, I need the money or I'm going to die. If you don't give me this money, I'm not going to be. You say, I'm, I'm so sorry that that's your situation. My decision is not to give you any money more. And if you keep control, you know, coming in my space and, and harassing me, and bullying me into doing something I told you I wasn't going to do, I'll remove you from my space. Now, Heidi, you sound cold. You sound like you're talking to somebody you don't love. Um, I can love somebody and be angry at the same time. I can love somebody and be convicted at the same time. I can love somebody and be passionate in my dedication to me at the same time. I do, if I, I can love somebody and be mad as hell with them at the same time, I do not need to always come from this kindness position, this toxic compassion position. I know that you're really, you're under the influence, right? I don't need to do that. I can say you're scaring the shit out of me. If you continue to do that, I'm going to remove you from my, from my presence. Um, I know that it is scary to do that. I know because I deal with it with my students and clients every day who have these real, conversations with their spouses and their children and their loved ones on a daily basis, narcissistic people, 
and they're in dangerous situations. Some of them, I totally get it. And I trust me when I say I'm not taking this lightly. I do know the hotline.org and you should too. If you're in a scary situation where somebody is scaring you or they're threatening to kill themselves or they're threatening to do something else completely off the rails, that you should take those things seriously and call the right people that you need to call in that moment to back you up and support you in those situations. The reality is you are in these situations. I wish that you weren't, but pretending that you're not or smoothing it or you know, putting it under the rug or making it not as bad as it is is not doing you or anybody else any favors. You continue to contribute to the problem that way. It's like the question of am I helping or hurting? Helping is supporting somebody's recovery, which means I'm not going to tolerate that behavior anymore in my presence. Enabling is supporting their addiction or disease or dysfunction, which is I'll deal in it as long as you need me to. Not healthy for you, not healthy for anybody. Okay. We don't get a prize for bullshit putting up with. We wish we did. If we did, we'd all have crowns and sashes and scepters because every single one of us has earned our rights and our stripes in taking care of people that didn't necessarily deserve it. Okay. Let me look at some of these comments here. Uh, stole my opus for seven years, finally song enough after years of denying, crossing boundaries, et cetera, to kick him out. How do I make him understand that recovery isn't the cure-all to get his family back? I love this question. Okay. This is a beautiful question because you can't make somebody understand this. That's the work of their recovery. Like somebody thinks, oh, I'm going to get into recovery and my life is going to be magically changed. It's like I would have people come into my family program and I get hot. Look at me. I'm putting up my sleeves because I'm going to dig into this. I love this question and thank you for asking it, Stephanie. It's a really, really good one. People think that because they magically get into recovery, all the problems went away. Well, I'm better now. And you want to bring up the past, right? You want to say like, hey, man, I'm angry. I've got some hurt here. You did some dumb shit. You hurt the family. You stole. You took money from us we didn't have. You did whatever. And they're like, but I'm in recovery. And when you say that kind of stuff, you're living in the past. And that makes me want to use drugs because you should support my recovery. All right. Here's the thing. People cannot, you can't make them understand the pain and hurt that you're going through. Their recovery will do that for them. When they get into a recovery program, God willing, they ever do. There'll come a time in that recovery where they will wake up out of their narcissistic trance and go, I think I might've hurt some people. Addiction looks exactly like narcissism. There is no compassion and there is no empathy for you, Stephanie. So the best thing that you can do is stop waiting for him to recognize the pain he inflicted on you, realize that pain is there, and you heal the pain he inflicted. Okay? You, he, you, he didn't cause that trauma to the family, but as, this, as the functioning human in that family, it's your responsibility to heal it and heal it, especially if there's kids. Okay? All right. Um, thank you for the comments. Please keep them coming. I hope that was helpful. All right? So here's what we need to know. And thank you for that comment as well about I, I sound amazing. Thank you. I really appreciate that. That's nice. Um, I, what I want you to know is that it's in the follow through. You have to get clear. And why we keep failing over and over with our boundaries is because we, A, think we're going to hurt them more by setting a boundary. That's the lie we tell ourselves. Or B, we think that we're going to hurt ourselves more by setting the boundary, right? So we're trying to protect somebody, them or ourselves. 
And the reality is, aren't you already hurting? A, you cannot hurt an addict, alcoholic, or narcissist worse by setting a boundary. That, that would be the only thing to do to actually help them. Okay. That's the only, and even that you might not help them. We don't set boundaries hoping that we're going to inspire them to get help. We set boundaries because we know whether they get help or not, whether they get better or not, we have to get better. Whether they get better or not. Okay. The other thing that takes a significant toll is that, what is this? Wow. Impeccable timing for me as this, as what I've been carrying guilt from staying away from two important people who are alcoholics and drug addicts. Yes. That's the other thing too, is like, we have this complex guilt. Like Linda, this is such a, is it India, India, India. Love that. You're, you're beautiful as well. Here's the thing. We feel guilty because in our society, there's this thing called toxic compassion, which is like, oh, I should feel bad for you because you're an addict or an alcoholic. And you're just doing that to me because you're an addict or an alcoholic. Your intention isn't to hurt me. You're just hurting me because you're an addict or an alcoholic or narcissist. And I get it. That's the difference between manslaughter and murder is intent. Guess what? Whether it's manslaughter or mur murder, we're still dead. So whether the addict or alcoholic intended to hurt you or not, because of their wounding, you're still hurt. It's death by a thousand deaths. Thank you. I'm glad. Thank you. Hi. Thank you. Say, I love your videos. You learned so much. I'm so glad. Thank you. Um, I want you to understand, India, that the thing is, is that you get to um, feel it's okay to put yourself um, your mental health and your psychological health and your spiritual health and your physical health first. It's okay to do that. We've been told that lie that it's a selfish thing to do. Who do you think you are? You should be there for that person at the expense of my own mental health. Like what, what's the point? What's the breaking point that I get to say, no, that, that's not okay with me. Right. Thank you for that comment. Thank you for that. Okay, this, I just put my brother out of my house after he came back loaded the third time in two weeks. My part is now my family is not speaking to me. It's actually been more peaceful. <laughs> I hear that. Nani or Nanny, Nani. Listen, thank you for that comment. That's the thing. This codependency runs deep, right? In the family. And some of us, it's a cultural thing where in, in the culture of the family, it's like, it doesn't matter what that family's doing. You take up for them, you put them in. And I get it. I can be a little bit like that, like mafia mentality, like, you know, I'll help you bury the bodies, you know, like that kind of thing. But that loyalty comes with a price. So we want loyalty in a family. We want ride or die. But where we don't actually teach the loyalty is to ourselves. Like we teach loyalty, no loyalty to your dysfunctional brother, loyalty to your alcoholic dad, loyalty to your narcissistic mom, but loyalty to you. Oh no. That doesn't work. I don't understand that. The first place we need to teach loyalty is to us. This is where we house our spirituality. This is where we, we house our God. This is where everything, you know. So I, I think it's really important that when we think about they're not talking to you as a reflection of their dysfunction, let them handle it. I know it's more peaceful too. There's so much guilt when it's your family member, like it's your job. You're supposed to take care of them. Amen. Really well said. Hey, Stephanie. Stephanie said, you were the one who helped me stay strong and get him out of the house and keep him out. Wow. He's really good at manipulation, love bombing, because he knows I feel guilty. I, I love that. Stephanie, I'm going to tell you what. I, I, I really, it's not my 
goal to make people like to break up families. It's actually my goal to be a restorative person. I want to restore people, but I want to make sure that we're doing it when people are whole and healthy, right? Especially when people say like, I'm staying together for the kids, you know, we're not doing those kids any justice. Uh, Stephanie, do you have kids? You know, because what we're doing is they need one stable parent, right? One person who's, I have another student and client who said to me today, like her, her, her significant other's been away as well into, into treatment and God willing, that was, we got him into treatment. Thank God. Hallelujah. But she's like, man, it's so much more peaceful. I notice I'm a better mother. I'm a better, you know, I'm a better human in this space and the kids are thriving. So the lie is, no, I need him here to be like, okay. But when he's gone, sometimes we function even better when we're taking care of ourselves and that anxiety is gone. Right. So, okay, guys, I know I've been on here for like 36 minutes. Whoa. And I've got to prepare for my group tonight. I've got to go pick up Ellie from school. First grade is rocking and rolling. We love it. She wants to make more videos with me. Thank you for this time to be able to come and hang out with you. I love you. This is our sacred time. Every Wednesday, we're going to be coming in live and 14 daughters. Their dad died, so my partner took his place. Yes. Oh, man, I get it. And we have these stories about, you know, this person's in here now. Uh, yeah. But you know what? You're teaching your daughters how to let a man love you. You're teaching a daughter how to love yourself. You're teaching your girls what they deserve when they look at you because they don't listen to what you say, Stephanie. They watch what you do, and you know that. You know that to be true. They're not look, listening to what you say. They're watching what you do. And kids are astute at the incongruency. They know when something's out of alignment. Like, hey, you're a hypocrite, you know? So you're walking the talk. You're saying, no, you deserve to have somebody firing on all cylinders. You deserve respect and love and stability. And you are leading the charge. Amen. All right. So if you want to come alongside of me, I don't know if it's if it's feasible for you. I wish it is. I hope it is. If you want to, it's the most economical way to get this to, to really deepen our connection is inside of life school. If you're interested in it, you can actually have a consultation with me. You can go over to my page at lovecoachheidi.com and we can, can do a little connection call and I can get to know you deeper and see if it's a good fit. All right. And and I have more comments and I can't see them. Oh, I'm going to come back. Oh, hey, Alex, the queen. Are you the queen? You're the queen. We're all the queens. So if you want to come alongside of me, good to see you. Uh, inquire about life school and I'll be here every Wednesday. So how it goes is Tuesday or Monday, I introduce the topic of the week to get our wheels turning on my private group in Facebook, um, addiction, codependency, and um, uh, toxic relationship recovery and on my YouTube page. Okay. This platform here. So we're on multiple platforms today and then you write your questions there. All right. So if you can't be on the live stream, I'll answer them for you. On Tuesdays, I upload the YouTube video where I just want to give like a straight answer. This week on boundaries was a topic. So I did toxic moms and boundaries. So if you missed that video, make sure you check it out. All right. It's a really good one. If you have a toxic mother or, you know, somebody who does, and then today we come in and do the live stream on boundaries. Next week's topic, and if you want to join Life School, always come in. It's Wednesday night at 7 p.m. And you have access to all my programs, my addiction program, my codependency program, my relationship program, and my self-esteem program, all my success program. All the programs are in there for you with the exercises and the journal prompts and everything you need. So you can do that as well. Um, or And you can meet me here on Wednesdays for our live talks. Uh, we're going to pick a time that really works and see like when we get, this has been really good today. We've had a lot of you in here interacting, which is so important for me. Um, but I love you. I want you to know that 
um, you know, everything that you want, you know, you've been settling in your life for some time, right? You've been dealing in dysfunction for a long time. Me since the day I was born. Okay. It's hard to believe sometimes that there's something better out there. It's hard to believe. I mean, deep in our hearts, I think we know it. We're like, you know, I do know there's something made, made for more for me, but we actually get so used to dealing in the shit show that we forget what normal and healthy is. And we wonder if it's even possible. It's extraordinary. When you are in your full power, and I'm not saying you're not going to, yes, you can ask me a question. Go ahead. Hun. I'm not saying that you're not going to have problems. Okay. We all have problems on a daily basis, but, but the difference is you know who you are. You are rooted in your power. You have your own um, compass. You trust your own intuition. You align with your judgment, your highest self. And that is the place of confidence and self-esteem that every woman, man, and child deserves is that place of absolute certainty and not a place of like, oh, I'm so much better than I'm running. That's bullshit, right? I had to pose by the airplane and show you my Gucci bag. No, a real sense of humility, confidence that's like rooted in truth about who you really are, you know? And that's what we want to figure out and uncover and let you know it does get, it's not the question for you. I know I said I was going to go and I am. The question for you is not, how bad can you handle it? How many times can you get knocked down and get up? I know fucking a lot. The question for you is how good can you let it get? How good can you let it get? How much money will you let yourself have? How much love will you let yourself have? How much, how much uh, friendship will you let yourself have? How much of the good stuff will you let yourself have? That is the real question for all of us sisters and brothers that are on this path together. Okay. All right. I love you guys so much. I'm going to end this and answer these questions when I get off. Um, I'll see you in, in, you know, all week. Okay. Next week's topic is enoughness. Enoughness. Okay. Uh, I'm going to answer this question when I get off. Okay. I promised I'd wrap up. So I love you guys so much and I'll see you next